Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. My name is David Oladaro-Patusin. I have the privilege of being the lead pastor at the Gap Church, um, and I'm excited to be back. I haven't been here in a while, but I'm excited to be back. I haven't, it's been a, not really that while, but... Um, just a little bit. I missed you guys. Um, I first want to say thank you to every single person that was here at the installment uh, for the ministers. Can we have a hand of clap for yourself um, as we saw what God did and, and we know that there's glory ahead. Amen. Um, I just want to say welcome to anybody who's worshiping with us for the first time, whether online or in person, um, or maybe it's your 50th time, 100th time, second time. Thank you for coming through. Um, you're supposed to be here. And so we believe that you will truly get what you're supposed to get out of the service. Amen. I also want to just honor Minister Lalade, uh, who preached an amazing word last week. Um, I had the privilege of listening. Um, I did not even speak to her. She just said, oh, you know, I already know what I want to preach about. And I was truly honored. She didn't have to do it. Um, and for those who know the message, y'all understand, she didn't have to do it. But I truly honor her. It means the world to me. Um, and so I really want to appreciate her as well for that. And so we're going to go in. We have a new series we're starting today. Can we make some noise? Um, and so the thing about this series is that um, it's going to be three weeks of intentionality, and we're, we have a new series called Community. Can we make some noise for that? Community, parentheses, done well. One of the biggest things that we've seen in, in, in Dallas and seen around, um, I would say, in, in just life, uh, being a believer, is that the struggles for community. Can we, does, does anybody understand that? Y'all get that, right? It's not easy. It's easy to, it's easy to get drinks with people. It's easy to do some things outside, but it's different when you now become a believer. You don't want to do those things anymore, and nobody is to be found. Nobody wants to do anything. Community is hard. And so I believe for the next three weeks, we're about to go into some very intentional lessons on what it really looks like to be uh, in community. And we're going to go through different scenarios, but today we're going to specifically start with us, the church. Godly community in the church. Everybody say amen. Because we have a responsibility, and a lot of us have been doing it wrong. Oops. And so we're going to learn some things. Y'all know I like to teach. This may be a little bit of a lighter series, but trust me, it's going to come. It's going to be an uppercut. By the, by the end of the three weeks, you're going to be like, dang, I got a bruise? Like, there's a bruise right there? <laughs> so we pray that God will definitely move in this series. Amen? And so I want us to open our Bibles to Acts 2, 43 to 47. Acts 2, 43 to 47. It says here, many miracles and wonders were being done through the apostles, and everyone was filled with awe. Verse 44, all the believers continued together in close fellowship and shared their belongings with one another. Verse 45, they will sell their property and possessions and distribute the money among all according to what each one needed. Verse 46, day after day they met as a group in the temple, and then they had their meals together in their homes, eating with glad and humble hearts. Verse 47, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And every day the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. Amen. Bless the reading of God's word. We see in this scripture in Acts 2, literally moments and verses after we see there's an outpouring of the Spirit of God. We all know Acts 2 in the story in the upper room, right? And we see that there's many evidences that come after this. We see that there's the evidence of speaking in tongues, of course, that comes out. But one of the main evidences that we see and testaments of the Spirit of God in the new covenant, funny enough, is community. It's not that community wasn't there before. Community was there. In the Old Testament, we see sometimes communities mentioned when we hear about prophets here and there, school of prophets going from place to place to place. And then when we get to Jesus, it doesn't necessarily feel like community. It kind of feels like a clique. 
we see 12 disciples following a man around, and they're doing miracles, and they're like, I don't know, they just, just I mean, you see them, just follow them. There's going to be miracles over there. Kind of seemed like a click. But when we see in Acts 2, there's something different. We don't see titles. We don't see names. We see people gathering because of one name. There's a shift. And so we begin to see what the life was of early believers when they were filled with the Holy Ghost and realized that they had something in common, which is the name of Jesus. And so real quick, I want to just break down what is community? What is community? What is community? There's a different definitions I have here. Number one, a unified body of individuals, such as people with common interests living within a particular area. Another definition I have here is a group of people with a common characteristic or interest living together within a larger society. I would com- consider us in this room a community, right? 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 Okay, I was just making sure, because that, that already tells the story. <laughs> um, but community is basically a group of people within a larger group that have something in common. We know many groups. We know fraternities, sororities, communities. Those are communities, right? They have something in common. They come together. Maybe corporate America, there's certain groups that they have. In colleges, they have different clubs that have their own communities, And they all come together, and they're all in relation because of one thing, a specific uh, relation or something. And so that is community. If you're taking notes, by the way, the title of this message is Don't Forget the Why. Don't forget the why. As we look at the scripture in Acts 2 of what the early church did, we begin to see the benefits of godly community. Many of us are thinking to ourselves, how do I know I am truly in godly community? You'll know by these benefits. And it will check your community because if you're not having these benefits, that's another story. You see, the benefits of godly community is number one. There is generosity. Some people's eyes lit up right there. Money, money, money. There is generosity. What does it mean to, be, to, 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 to be, uh, have generosity? It's the quality of being kind and generous. Kind and generous. In verse 44 of that scripture, it says, All the believers continued together in close fellowship and shared their belongings with one another. Verse 45. They would sell their property and possessions and distribute the money among all according to what each one needed. You see, when you are in community, in godly community, I believe that there is so much generosity. I'm telling you, when you're moving from apartment to apartment, from house to house, you don't call your work friends. You call your church friends. When you need five, ten dollars, who do you call? Your church friends, probably. Because it is ingrained in us as believers to be generous. Why? Because we serve a, a God who gave up his own life. And so there's generosity. If you look in the church, we have people who are giving their time, giving their resources, giving their knowledge, giving their wisdom. There's no gatekeeping. We are generous people by nature, and so that is a benefit of being in godly community is generosity. Number two, what is the benefit of godly community? There is responsibility to one another. There is responsibility to one another. When you have community, sometimes in the world, you do you, I do me. What's happening with so-and-so? I don't know. That's what's seen them and them. (laughs) that's them. 
You see in scripture it says this in verse 46. It says day after day they met as a group in the temple. Day after day means consistency, discipline, accountability. It means that there was people who had the interests of others. That if I did not see you in church, I'm going to call you that night and be like, hey, is everything okay? If I, don't, if I haven't heard from you in a while, maybe I haven't seen a post from you in a while, I'm going to check in with you, not just scroll past. They, were, they, they cared so much about each other. There's another scripture later on in the story. It says in Acts 2, 47, it says, At the same time, they praised God and had the goodwill of all the people. They cared about the goodwill. They wanted the best for each other. No competition. You see, when you are in godly community, there's people who are looking out for your benefit, looking out for the better of you. Are you growing? Are you getting better? I know you said you struggled with this, but how's it been going? You don't get that in the world. What do people say? I mean, well, everybody goes through that. Sure, I have to go through that too. You got it. But when you're in godly community, hey, I understand you're going through that. Let's walk through it together. I know you don't feel like waking up and going to this meeting. I know you don't feel like waking up and praying. But you know what? I'll call you at 6 a.m. to remind you to pray. That's godly community. They look out for each other. If your people are not looking out for you, man, take the godly off of the community. Just take it off. There's some people I may not see, I may not, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll be scrolling on, you know, on Instagram on something and maybe I'll see somebody, you know, some, you know sometimes we be, in, we be in our emotions and we're going through life and so all we can do is post a quote. <laughs> like, we don't, we, we can't post ourselves because we look a mess, we got we to have a trim, the weave is old, the edges is busted. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm shouting on people right now. <laughs> nothing, nothing is happening and so all we got is a quote <laughs> it may not even be a scripture quote <laughs> it may just be <laughs> it may just be some random quote like she don't read who, who, who is this author she don't read this author and that's all you know but many of us we just scroll past but godly community says oh I gotta reach out not DM I'm gonna text the person Hey, is it cool if I give you a call? Like, is everything good? What's been happening? So in godly community, the benefit is there is responsibility for each other. Number three, what's the benefit of godly community? There is intimacy. Acts 2.46 says, day after day they met as a group in the temple and, their, and they had their meals together in their homes, eating with glad and humble hearts. So what happened is this. What they had here, the beautiful worship, the friendliness, the joy, the laughing, it didn't just stay here. It says that from the temple, they then had meals together in their homes. So it just wasn't about what happens here. It translated even more so into an intimate space. Many of us, our relationship, our godly community is this room. We just come in and then the godly community is done. It said, that, I love the scripture, it has, a, it has a distinction. It says, day after day they met as a group in the temple and they had their meals together. So they worshiped, they cried, they prayed 
in the temple, but then they went back home to enjoy, to laugh, to eat, digest, to get to know each other. Many of you guys will only know me from here. I'm a pretty cool guy, by the way. <laughs> but this might, be the only, this might be the only place you know me from. And there's some people that, if you're not careful, you're only going to know them from what you see in this room. But I promise you, when you go into a level of intimacy and say, hey, can I have one-on-one Starbucks with you? Keep it simple. We'll get to that. Can I have one-on-one Starbucks with you? And you get to know, oh, wow, you're in school? Oh, you're doing all of that? Wow. Why? Oh, you have, you're the oldest? You're the middle child? Oh, you're not just this person? You begin, to, you begin to make it give more accuracy to knowing the person. You want to know why you're not interceding for people? Because you don't know anybody really. When you sit down one-on-one with somebody and get to know them, you begin to have a burden for them. God is saying that. You see how they just told you about that financial situation? I want you to pray tonight about that. Instead of it just being that, God, I just thank you for the life of, you know, this person. I thank you for the life of this person. When you meet with them, whether it may be at Dunkin' Donuts, at a coffee shop, at a campus, whatever it may be, you now begin to figure out that there's more to this person. You know, even to this point, there's a scripture that, that there's a translation within this I really want to really go because it's going to come for some of y'all. In the Amplified Classic on Acts 246, it says, excuse me, and day after day they regularly assembled in the temple with united purpose in their homes. They broke bread, including the Lord's Supper. They partook of their food with gladness. And here's what I want to come for y'all, and simplicity. The reason why there's no intimacy is y'all ain't simple. Y'all can't do BJ's. Y'all can't do Applebee's. Y'all can't do two for 25. It has to be something crazy. It has to be at Texas Day Brazil. It has to be somewhere big. It has to be a game night. It has to be a, a kickback. It can't just be something simple. I was saying this in the first service. We're more concerned about what we're wearing than the person we're meeting. Godly community says, I don't care about what the food is. I care about the person in front of me. I don't care about what I'm wearing. I just want to get to know you. No longer do we have simple community. That's why many times when you think about all the logistics of meeting somebody, you're like, it's okay, don't worry. Don't worry, it's all right. Shoot. Don't worry. You know their taste buds is different. Shoot. I want to try this new, this new, why is it always new, new, new? This new place I saw on TikTok. No. Starbucks gets the job done, guys. Simple. Intimacy doesn't always have to be within homes, but my thing is that it can just start within a coffee shop. It can just start within a game center. It can just start within the mall. That is the benefit of godly community is that we get to finally have one-on-one conversation, two to two, three to three, and just get to know each other and get to know more about people's lives. And from that on, you see God will minister through those stories and be able to let you know that, hey, this is where this person needs help. I may not be able to give them money, but I can give them my time. I may not be able to give them my time, but I can give them my prayers. That's godly community. Number four, a benefit of godly community is that there is humility. There is humility. Acts 2.46 says, of course, day after day they met in the temple. They had their meals together in their homes, eating with glad and humble hearts. Humble 
hearts, humble hearts. Galatians 6, 3-4, Paul says this in verse 4. It says, but let every person carefully scrutinize and examine and test his, or his own conduct and his own work. He can then have personal satisfaction and joy of doing something commendable. You see, when we have community, we have godly community, a benefit is that when we have that intimacy, we now get to hear what God is doing in other people's lives. You can be in a season, a desert season where nothing is working for you. And I can just be with my brother Troy and be like, oh, wow, God's doing that? You got that promotion? God is still working. Because if he can do it for Troy, he can do it for me. By the time I, it's not about comparison, by the way. Here's the thing. You're looking for an answer prayer. Sometimes the package is a person. Many times the package is a person. And so when you have this one-on-one time, whenever you have godly community, you realize that through stories and through talking with each other and through praying, there's just a level of humility because you are all on the same page trying to achieve the same thing, trying to be like Christ. There is no competition. We're just all trying to reflect his glory. Amen? There's something that I have here. I just saw I was about to move on. But even with humility, many of us need to understand this. Stop considering it to be a favor when people meet with you. I'm doing them a favor. I'm busy. I'm the busy one. I'm the busy one. It has to be on my terms. We complicate so many things. That's not humility. How can you ever reach somebody one-on-one if you have that mentality already that, oh, I'm the one that is the, that, that is the oga in this conversation. I'm the big fish. I'm the big catch. This is not dating, guys. This is community. (laughs) Number five, the benefits of godly community. There is growth. There is growth. Acts 2.47 says, they were praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And every day the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. In another translation, the Amplified Classic says, the Lord kept adding. They had no choice. He just kept doing it. You see, when you have a good community, you have good culture within a community, it grows. So stop thinking that, you know, it's just us. No, your community is toxic. That's why it's not growing. If, I was, if God was to put specific people in your community, they would die. Based on how y'all do stuff, how y'all gossip, how y'all tear each other down, body shame, influence shame. Food shame, the salmon's undercooked. There's some communities that cannot grow because it is so bad. The culture is not good, and you still call it godly community, and y'all have all the drama. Y'all know this stuff. Come on, what's be, y'all know this, right? Oh, they're a community, but they got all the drama. And it doesn't grow. My day ones, okay, day ones, toxicity. The same five people meet all the time for the past 10 years. And I'm not just talking about growth in size, but growth in people. Can your group attest to what God is doing in their lives? When you can see four or five people that through just their community, there's this promotions happening, there's answered prayers, there's divine alignment happening. And you're like, man, those five friends, they're just, God is just bang, 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 bang. When it's time for marriage. Year one, year two, year three, domino effect. (laughs) 
But the issue is that many times we are in communities where we are still the same people. Nothing has changed. I remember a man of God said that, you want to know what tradition is? It's former frozen glory. Y'all all used to be cool. Y'all were all great. But y'all are just grown, toxic people still. The only difference between y'all 10 years ago is that y'all just grown. That's it. Just age. And so, as I was preparing for this message, there was a scripture that came later on that has to do with the believers. And it was Acts 4, 32 to 33. Acts 4, 32 to 33. Because it lets us know a little bit more about this community, this godly community. Y'all are tracking, right? All right, cool. And the scripture says in Acts 4, 32, 33, about the same community. It says, the group of believers was, was one in mind and in heart. They were one in mind and in heart. You see, and here's another list. To have great godly community, number one, you must be unified. You must be unified. The issue why there's so many breaks and so many, uh, so many things that are happening within godly community now is because we are disagreeing about so many stupid things. So many stupid details. Here's the thing. Have your opinions. Do what you want to do. But can we agree on a few things? As long as you can agree that we have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, that through him we can only make heaven, and that sin is sin, and that we're all, kind of, we're all trying to be like him, all right, cool, let's shake hands. That's the principles. God is God. Right? Every other thing, that's you. Do what you want to do. We got to be unified. All of us know the story of the Tower of Babel. God looked upon him and said, he said, man, because of how they are one, they can do anything. Anything. They can do anything they want to do. And so when we gather and we have community and we put it under the umbrella of godly community, is there even a goal? Some of you are like, that's too technical. That ruins the fun. I mean, if we're all believers, I believe that when we gather together and we are all after the interests of each other, there should be a common goal we want to get established. But many of us, we just have fruitless gatherings. We remain the same. We come in, we come out. Game night, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving, you know? And nothing is changing. People are still coming depressed. People are still coming with a mask on. Nothing is being changed. And they are having godly community. They get more relief and peace out of their secular community than their godly community. Number two, to have great godly community, we must be selfless. Selfless means concerned more with the needs and wishes of others than with one's own. 1 Corinthians 12, 25 to 26, I'll read from 26. It says, if one part of the body suffers, all the other parts suffer with it. If one part is praised, all the other parts share its happiness. Of course, this is talking about spiritual gifts, but I believe this gives us an understanding of the framework and the mindset of God and letting us know that. Here's the thing. If one person suffers, that's an extension of me. That is godly community. That if Justin is going through something, I'm going through something. That if I'm happy, we're all happy. That when one's down, I'm down too. 
That is what it means to be selfless is that we, we are so connected that every single person is just an extension of ourselves. That even what I'm wearing, anything that I have, just because they're an extension, it's, not, it's, it's ours. I mean, don't ask me for it, but I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, I wear size 12, Dara, so. <laughs> but we're all extensions. That's selflessness. And the third one, before I go to it, because I want to set it up. As I was preparing, I was thinking, because many people know I have these conversations a lot about how um, I love this city and how many times I realize that there's not enough community, there's not enough godly community, and how there's beauty in godly community, and we have to understand that there's attack on godly community as well, right? There is an attack on it because that's how good it is. And But what I started to think to myself is that why is it, though, that when there is godly community, we still see people fall out, people fall out of Christ completely, sin, people fall out of everything, and they're still in good community. And this scripture came to me as I was preparing, and I, and I love this scripture. It's one of my favorite scriptures, Matthew 6, 33. It says, but seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, and then all these things taken together will be given you besides. Seek first the kingdom, and everything will be added unto you. Number three, how to have good community, to have godly community, Jesus must be the why. Jesus must be the why. Here's the issue that our generation has, and I'm going to call it out, is that we think that if I'm a believer, SC, you're a believer, and we're in the same place, that is godly community. I want to let you know that there's been a believer that's a male, a believer that's a female, that have been chilling, watching Netflix, and had premarital sex. Is that godly community? There's been four or five believers that go out, all get blacked out drunk. Is that godly community? Because godly community is about what they're doing, not the title. We had a game night. That's not godly community. Y'all was cussing and fussing and do everything. Y'all was gossiping. That's not godly community. Just because you're a believer, it's God. No, it's not. What kind of math is that? It's not adding up. And that is why the world has such a skewed representation on believers because they see believer and believer proudly, proudly saying, I'm a believer, I'm a believer. But look at how y'all doing. That's godly community? That's how y'all do stuff? Uh-uh. Y'all look just like what I do last weekend. There's no difference. Because Jesus is no longer the why. That's the issue with our generation. I was saying this in the first service. Our generation is the generation that plans weddings and no one's getting married. We want everything attached to it, but we don't even actually do the biblical thing. We want our cake and we want to eat it. We want the community, but we don't want the God. There's people that come to places like this. There's people that come to churches and they said, I just want to be in a great community. I want to be in a godly community. They come in here, they make friends, and then they leave the church. That's great. But here's the thing. Don't forget that what was the relevancy in the stick and the glue was Jesus. You can't take 
the product and forget the source. It doesn't work like that. We serve a jealous God. Don't, don't think you can have community without Jesus. You came here hopefully looking for him. That's the issue. We're not looking for him anymore. Jesus says in Scripture, seek me and everything else will come unto you. Here's the thing. Before he was going to that quote, he was talking about clothes. He was talking about food. He was talking about every little thing. He said, if you just seek me, don't worry. Even community will be added unto you. Even community will be added unto you. And so what happens when you don't remember the why? I'm sorry, I have a little, uh, you know, few lists here. We're almost closing. What happens when you don't remember the why? Number one, you have fruitless fellowships. When you forget that community is about Jesus and it's godly community, you, you have, there's no fruit that grows from it. Matthew 7, 19 and 20 says, Every sheep that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Many of us have false community. There's no fruit. I'm sure some people in here, you've had to forsake some godly community because you've seen how bad it's been for you. I don't like how I feel when I go around them. I don't like how they make me feel. I feel like I can't trust anybody. And these are supposed to be my brothers and sisters in Christ. Some of us flee to the outside because we know that they'll take care of us more. You want to know why the secular has great community? Because they know the why. When we all come for drinks, isn't that the why? And we're all blacked out. We achieve the why. <laughs> if you work in corporate America, whether it may be happy hour, whatever you're doing, there is no way they will not let you know that the why is the company. Pay for dinner, company card. <laughs> company card. Every conversation. Yeah, you know, my, my supervisor. There's no way you will not know it's about the company. You're still having community, but it's based off of the why of the company. After you leave that company, some of you guys, you're not friends with the people anymore. Because what glues you was, the company. Number two, what happens when you don't remember the why? You entertain the likelihood of sin. We entertain the likelihood of sin. Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. I'll read from 23. It says, your hearts and minds must be completely new. Verse 24, and you must put on the new self, which is, which is created in God's likeness and reveals itself in the true light that is upright and holy. Verse 27, don't give the devil a chance. When we have uh, we have gatherings under a godly community, and we, ha we don't have the why there, which is Jesus Christ. We don't establish the why. What we do is that we are now operating in a place of flesh. Let's be real. It starts little. Yeah, let's just do this. Let's just do that. Some of us, if we're to actually think back, most of the dirt we've done has been with believers. Most of the things that we've done has been with people who have claimed to be believers, sons, and daughters of Christ. We're just having godly community. And number three, what happens when you don't remember the why? You idolize the product of community instead of the why. 
Like I was saying earlier in Matthew 6, 28 to 32, it says, And why worry about clothes? Look how the wildflowers grow. They do not work or make clothes for themselves, verse 29. But I tell you that not even King Solomon with all of his wealth had clothes as beautiful as the ones of these flowers. Verse 30. It is God who clothes the wild grass green, the wild grass grass that there is today and gone tomorrow, burned up in the oven. Won't he be all the more sure to clothe you? What little faith you have, verse 31, so do not start worrying, where will my food come from, or my drink, or my clothes, or my community? Verse 32, these are the things the pagans are always concerned about. God knows what you need, including your community, including your friend group. But when you take out Jesus from the community, you have now taken your gaze and idolize people more than him. God, I need them. No, you don't. You don't need them. You need him. And so I'm not asking you and saying that every time now you meet, you now say, okay, uh, please open Matthew. Oh, let me go get you something. No, 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 no. Just open the Bible. No, I'm not. You can have, you can eat, you can have fun. But understand, as believers, if you want to have true godly community, remember the why is Jesus Christ. How fruitful is your gatherings? How fruitful is your community? And so even now, as I'm closing, I want us to just close our eyes and pray a few prayers in response to this message. Because a lot of us have some homework to do. The first thing that I want us to pray is, God, make me a good steward of godly community. For some of us, we've been placed in some groups. We've been placed in some, some communities. We have influence in them. Maybe we're just a part of them. And we've been lackluster. As we're going through some of these points, you probably saw yourself in them. That I'm the one that gossips. I'm the one that starts everything. So I need to just get myself together. God, make me a better steward of godly community. Another prayer we can pray is, God, renew my godly relationships. God, I need renewal in my relationships. Renew my relationships. Give us a new understanding of what godly community looks like. God, I've heard this message, but my friends don't go here. They're outside, and I know they're believers. So, God, I need you to speak to them. They have the spirit of God within them. So, God, begin to press the burden upon their hearts, God, because we need a renewal in this relationship. We need a renewal in this community, God. Another prayer is, God, stare the gaze of my community. Steer it towards you, Heavenly Father, God. We've lost track. We've idolized different things, God. We've idolized gossip. We've idolized other people, God. We need to put our gaze back on you, Heavenly Father. God, we want to put our gaze back on you. God, I know I've been feeling some emptiness. I feel like... You know, these friends, this friend group that I've had, they've been great, they're believers, but I, I just felt like something wasn't working. But God, please, through these prayers, do something new because I need, I need this, God. I need you to work through this, God. And even as we have our heads bowed, I want to give the opportunity to some individuals, whether online or in person, or maybe they're going to listen to it later, to come into relationship with Christ, maybe maybe the first time, or maybe it may be a renewal of relationship. Because here's the thing, all this is great, 
But many of us as believers, we understand that the biggest community that we've joined is the community of Jesus Christ, being sons and daughters of the Most High. And so at this moment, we're going to say a prayer together. And it's going to be a declaration for some individuals who know that they need a fresh start. And for some others who are saying that I need just something new completely. And this is going to be a declaration for you to say to the Father. And so I want us to say this all together in encouragement. But if you are that person, whoever it is in this room or whoever's watching online or listening, I want you to say this straight to God. Let him hear you. And so let's say this together. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Help me to know you better. As I accept you today, take over my heart and dwell in me. Forgive me of my old ways and help me to change into the person that you want me to be. I love you, Lord, and I proclaim that you are my God. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just keep our heads down real quick? Because I just want to give an opportunity for anyone who said that prayer meant it meant it as saying that, okay, I, I, I want to come back, have a clean slate, renew my relationship with Jesus Christ. Whether you're online, I want you to text say, but if you're in this room, I want to pray for you. And so if, if you can, just boldly, please just lift up your hand so I can pray with you. So I can pray with you right there. Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you, God. For an opportunity of salvation, we want to say thank you, God, for renewal of relationship. We want to say thank you, God, of the godly community that you've given us, Lord. There's a quote that says, to whom much is given, much is required, God. And so with godly community, it's a huge responsibility that many of us don't even understand. And so, God, as we are here in one body, whether watching online or in person, God, we just pray, Heavenly Father, from this moment on, help us to steward godly community, God. By nature of these messages for the next few weeks, God, we pray, Lord, through the obedience and through the stewardship and through the turning around of godly community, we pray, Lord, for a shift in the metroplex. We pray, Heavenly Father, God, for lives to be saved. We pray, Heavenly Father, God, for depression to break off. We pray, Heavenly Father, God, for testimonies to come out of godly community. We pray for boldness, Heavenly Father. We pray for intimacy. We pray for transparency, God. For some that are saying, I want to open up, I want to be in godly community, but I just don't know. I don't want to open myself up. God, we pray, Lord, God, you have a nurtured, a per per perfect environment for those people, God. So direct them, God. For some people, they're saying, I need wisdom. God, give them wisdom and direction to go to the right people, God. Bring the right people around them, God. We pray for destiny helpers, God. Purpose helpers, Heavenly Father, God. And we pray, God, as godly communities established, Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, that your will shall be done that you will be glorified, and that the testament shall be that in this community I saw the Lord. God, we say thank you once again. We give you all the glory and honor and adoration. In the mighty name of we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Again, text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.